0: What? Welcome back for another helping of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, bringing you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs by me, Ross Bolin, and my dear friend, Mr. Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how are you today?
1: Oh, I'm okay. Um, You know, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash Bolin Media, I do apologize for my my lackluster appearance today. I just got off the roof. What are you doing on the roof? Yeah, well, I'm... uh... Putting in some some Christmas lights there. Ah, oh, that's a little, is that so, Clark? Little festivity, yeah. And it got me thinking. I was up there, you know, like a fiddler, uh-huh. or like a cat on the uh, the hot tin variety, sure. Or like Clark Rizwald in uh, in Christmas vacation, indeed. And it got me. It just got me thinking. I feel like you're either you're either a roof Christmas light guy, uh huh, or you're a ground game person. That's true. Now, obviously, the, the people latter. that really go all in do a little bit of both. The latter being the in between. The latter. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm last year was my first year putting up any Christmas lights on my own abode. Sure. And so I'm, I'm now, ex- we just did the front, the line, the roof line, but now I'm doing the eaves as well of the roof line. I'm so I'm, I'm you know, we're growing. I might go to Home Depot later, see what else is out there. Maybe I can add a little ground. Game. You don't know if there'll be time. I don't know if there'll be time, but yeah. you know, it, it, it uh, all of that just to to say uh, did get me thinking about Christmas vacation. Of course, a lot of the the funnier moments, vacation. the the more classic ones, uh, involve Clark putting up the the Christmas lights. Got me thinking about Christmas movies, and just a just a quick reminder that last year we did our top five Christmas movies of all time. We did. If you're a patron, whether you're here for the Sopranos ride or you've been with us all along. Mm-hmm. All those backlog of episodes, still there. You want to hear us talk top five Christmas movies? Very true. Fire that shit up, baby. Fire it up on Patreon.com like slash Oysters, like Clams, Cockles. Like a gasoline Santa's sleigh with robotic Rudolphs at the front.
0: Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, if you're not aware, on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles, Barrett and I have begun the, uh, the honorable task of tackling The Sopranos. Barrett, for the first time... Me, for like the seventh time HBO's classic crime drama, The Sopranos, we're going episode-by-episode, podcast-per-episode, spoiler-free. We started last week, episode two, season one, dropping tomorrow, Thursday of uh, of this week, December 10th. It'll be available on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles, so make sure you get in there. And of course, you can go back and listen to our backlog of content on there as well when you're a patron, so make sure you join the Crustacean Nation for just five bucks to uh, ride along with The Sopranos, whether you've seen it or you haven't. It's one of the best shows of all time, and we promise you the podcast will enhance your experience. And, uh, of course, uh, the Mollusk Militia as well, our uh, premium tier for our most loyal and gracious supporters who are riding with us on The Sopranos, but also get extra stuff, including columns and uh, a sticker. A nice little sticker we're gonna get made for y'all. So patreoncom slash Cockles. go today. Support the show. Get you some more OCC. It's all ad-free on Patreon. I should note. Barry, are you using a staple gun when you're up there? Like you got a little uh, gun? No, no staple gun.
1: I, I, you know, I've I've seen the film. Okay, so I know the staple gun is is uh, is dangerous. Tetris. Yes. So what do you do? So how are they how are they adhering to the house? So I didn't know this until last year when I did this for the first time. But they this make. Why these, I ask? I've never. They done make it. these little plastic clips that are very they're they're great. They can either go right on the lip of the gutter, a lip, okay? Or they can slide right under the roof of the house. You got options. So you got options. You can go and that's, you know, I'm 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 having to use them both ways as I get to right. the front of the house and I go gutter. All uh, you know, one story house but the eave goes pretty high. I, sure. I I'm up there I'm moving around. Fortunately, I just have a world-class balance. Good. Like, good. like a gymnast. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh Everyone you know, knows this about you. Yeah, everybody knows this about me. It's yeah. it's pretty incredible. You are like a cat. Um <laughs> you and Tobias, we all know this. <laughs> um but I, I I I I almost I want I do I was thinking about googling like how many people die from putting up Christmas lights every year. <laughs>
0: you were thinking about googling it? I was yeah, maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't want to know. <laughs> Now that you got, especially because now you got me thinking about doing mine. I've, I'm in the process, the step of the process where you, I've taken out the ball, yeah, uh-huh, like the uh-huh. giant ball of Christmas lights, <laughs> and it, it's just out, and I'm I've been staring at it for a couple of weeks now. But my, you know, I was Since married Thanksgiving. This is my yeah. first Christmas um, as a single man again, as yeah, a non-married yeah. man, and my ex would pay somebody to uh, uh, to come yeah, put up the yeah. lights. Well, I'm not going to do that because the same reason you didn't. You've been working on your house all year, man. You've been in the backyard digging ditches, putting up fences, taking out posts and shit. That's right. Becoming a man. I feel like I need to do some of that. You know, I've got this I Barrett, I'll give you another example. I, I uh, ordered a hammock on Amazon. I was hmm. like I'm 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 cool single Austin guy now. I'm gonna have a fucking hammock in my backyard.
1: Well I heard Elon, he you know, he put one in his backyard. Yeah, everybody knows you Elon got, and Rogan both, got a, have they hammocks, both have hammocks. Yeah. Big
0: hammock guys. Uh well I bought the hammock on Amazon and it arrived and it is yet to be put up and that was several months ago. <laughs> It's just slaying on the ground in my backyard, and at one point, I got filled with so much shame just from seeing it on the back porch every day that I literally took it around the side of the house and placed it next to the trash cans. It's not trash, mind you. I'm just that pathetic of a, of a human being. So I, I admire your Clark Griswold nature and going up onto the roof and doing things yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: but let's just hope I don't fall off. I'll... If I'm here next week it should be. If I, actually if I'm here Thursday I should be good Fingers crossed yeah. That you don't fall off I mean, I'd, and, like to, uh, I'd like to see This next, next episode Of The Sopranos Hey Of course you would You know I don't want To fall off the roof here before, You got uh, Before to the I episode. get to number
0: two Hey Hey, hey. Today's episode of OCC <laughs> Is brought to you by Lisa Makers of the greatest Mattresses in the entire world I routinely argue Your mattress is up there With your living room television In terms of important Purchases you make For your home So you have to ask yourself Is your mattress Kind of crappy Do you even remember Where it came from How long have you Had that thing Do you wake up Every morning Feeling like you've won the lottery because your mattress is so damn comfortable. I do on my Lisa Legend. I also slept on their hybrid, the Lisa Hybrid for a few years. Phenomenal, as I used to say, it was the most comfortable bed I had ever laid eyes or body on. And now I have the Lisa Legend even better. Love them both. I've got their pillows. I've got their blankets. Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. And to Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. All of their products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you actually want to spend time in. I, I'm telling you, every product, I, I got my Mimi hooked up with one of their beds and her. Lisa. Uh, she's in a memory care unit and she had a terrible mattress. They sent her a Lisa mattress. They're awesome. They donate one mattress for every ten they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than thirty-three thousand mattresses through more than one thousand nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA and home delivery and setup is available. Financing is also available. Don't miss out, ClamFam. Live healthier, live happier, by resting deeper. Order today and get fifteen percent off any mattress for a limited time at Lisa.com slash dragon when you use the promo code Dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A.com slash Dragon. Promo code Dragon. Go into 2021. Getting the best sleep of your life with Lisa. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment: tidbits and such with Barrett.
1: Oh, tidbits!
0: You got some such and some tids and some bits for us today. Barrett? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm trying to think of where to start. I mm. I think that mm. we've both been just watching a whole smorgasbord I've been going ham random shit here. And I've there. been going off with so randomness. we we can we can move all of the the kind of the TV show bits to the to the back half because I don't think we're. I don't think we have. I don't think we're we're sharing anything in common today. So we'll, we can just kind of take turns going back and forth on what we've been um, relaxing to or yeah. or not relaxing to. In the case of you watching the Epstein documentary, yeah, um. <laughs> that wasn't relaxing at all. But I had to get it done. Um, so let's just start with the with the big bit. Okay, it's the it's the it's not really a tit. It's yeah, a, everybody's talking about this. It's a big bit, and I'm actually. It you know I I felt like we were going to be really far behind because this news broke. Uh, middle of late last week we'd already recorded this episode right but it more layers of this onion just keep getting exposed yes and, and so it's actually really just kind of like cresting right now but the the big the headline here is that every single warner brothers release of 2021 is debuting right on hbo max the same day that it releases in theaters
0: dual release theaters and every single person who has hbo max will have access to every single warner brothers movie and of course the first question everyone asks is okay well what movies is that what what movies are the warner brothers movies
1: and just uh, let's just start at the top but the two i mean it's it's mind-boggling that this is happening this is huge this is absolutely huge because two of them are dune and the matrix four so two of the biggest two of the biggest releases of 2021 are now coming straight to a streaming service.
0: And Bear, you and I talked for months about the impact that 2020 would have on Hollywood and really the movie industry in, in general. And obviously we got to a point several months into this year where it became apparent the movie theater industry was going to be drastically impacted long term by what we've seen occur in 2020. Uh, there was just no way that moving forward, studios in Hollywood could operate the same way. Uh, We saw this year turn into a complete disaster in terms of releases and pushbacks. And and it's just been chaos for all these big studios that are used to bringing in billions of dollars by dropping huge box office hits that everyone goes and sees in the movie theaters. There's going to have to be a shift somewhere. Now we're seeing it. This is the first big piece of the puzzle to fall into place. It's it's warner brothers and it's hbo max yeah and this is a it's it's some of the biggest movies people are looking forward to that now instead of being basically forced to go to a theater and watch if you want to see it the first couple weeks that it's out you're going to be able to see it on hbo max immediately yeah and and this is not like a disney plus premium thing
1: where it's going going to cost you cost you an extra 30 to watch it it's there it's just there and just uh, i'll just go down the list here um and name everything that that is something that you might have gone to theaters for. Um, the little things. It's a uh, like a cop drama action movie starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Um, you've got the Tom and Jerry movie, which is exactly what it sounds like. But that was going to be a big kids movie. The
0: Many Saints of Newark is Tom and Jerry like like the cats one though, where they try to get human beings. No, no, no. no it's oh, cartoon. Thank, they look like God.
1: they look like Tom and Jerry. Uh, the Many Saints of Newark. The uh, the um, oh yeah, the, the Sopranos the, movie the prequel to the Sopranos. Um, Reminiscence is a Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson movie. Godzilla vs. Kong, which cost over $100 million and was going to be a massive IMAX big screen thing. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. In the Heights, this massive Lin-Manuel-backed and written the, uh, oh, yeah. musical that is now being turned into a movie. That they were already advertising the shit out That was supposed of. to come out this past summer, but that, that, that's, that's a big one. LeBron's new Space Jam movie. The Suicide Squad, you know how they, they did The Suicide Squad, it, even though it was a, a billion dollar worldwide success? They're like, uh, it kind of sucked, so we're just going to redo it. <laughs> and James Gunn, the guy that did both of the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxies
0: films. Let me stop you. He, it didn't he... kind of suck. It was the <laughs> one of the worst movies I've ever seen in theaters. By Go the way, ahead.
1: cast on The Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinneman, Viola Davis, Pete Davidson, Nathan Fillion. Who's playing the Joker? What... How, there's another Suicide Squad movie, and they just put a V in front of it. It's the reverse Facebook. Yes, and it's and some of those names you'll note are they are they are the characters from the original one. Like Margot Robbie is, he's playing, still, is still playing Harley Quinn, and Viola Davis is still in it, and Joel Kinneman is one of the dudes. I can't remember which one, so and he's obviously still in it. Um, what the hell, man! Yeah, so I, I don't know if it's just like a. I, it's hard to say exactly what it is. It's like a reboot, but also kind of a sequel. Stallone is in it? What the, sh-
0: Taika Watiti? What the fuck? Dude, what is going... Viola Dave? This is insane. Okay. Whatever. Do it again, I guess. But um, the first one sucked. It King sucked. Richard,
1: which is a Will Smith film uh, about the father of Venus and Serena Williams, and then The Matrix 4, and then Immortal Kombat. Reboot, Mortal
0: Kombat, uh, a new
1: Clint Eastwood film. Anyway, it, it it has begun. Barrett, the entire slate of Warner Brothers movies. Uh-huh. Th- this is, th- you know, th- this is millions and millions and millions billions, and millions, billions and billions and billions and, 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 and billions. Of and billions, of and billions. Anyway, this is insane, um, and it, it's just there. There's so much here to think about. It, it's really hard to 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 know even where to begin, but we we've talked on and off. We've we've kind of we've hit on it in tidbits before. Mm-hmm. But let's just go back to the announcement and the launch of HBO Max yes. for a little bit of context here, okay? Because it was an utter catastrophe, and two big time execs ended up getting fired over it, which I will add was
0: completely justified.
1: But. It was a disaster. Nobody except for people like you and I who are talking and thinking and reading about this stuff for a living, yeah. essentially, yeah, really understood... What the difference was between HBO Max and HBO Go and HBO Now, and do I have HBO Max if I already have HBO Go, or is it a them, new man. streaming subscription, and what else am I getting? Don't I already have all this with HBO Go? chaos. Why are they moving? There
0: was I routinely so clicked bad. on the wrong one inside my app. Why Apple is TV? it called
1: HBO when HBO is really just one of the things that you get with this, but they didn't want to call it Warner Max, like... It's just a it was a nightmare. Right. And so it, it stumbled out of the gate and even though it the content wise, it's a great library now competitive with the other streaming services. Yeah.
0: Any of them, dude. They got they, crazy they, movies in they, there. They they
1: were not getting the sign ups, they were not doing the numbers right. that they needed to be doing for a brand new highfalutin shiny streaming service. It's
0: yeah, and and that that main piece of the problem being the lack of clarity around what the fuck it even was being named HBO Max right. but containing all of these different Warner properties. Yes. And here we are.
1: Also important to remember that Warner Brothers is owned by AT&T who also owns HBO and the and uh, like like there's a there's a lot in play here. AT&T is at the head of all of this. Is my point. Okay. AT&T owns Time Warner and WarnerMax and therefore HBO and a bunch of the other downstream shit. That's what they on. call a conglomerate. Yes. I think. So at the end of the day, what happened here was the real, real high ups were like, we need more people on HBO Max. We need more signups. And now they have just granted you a, the best reason to maybe ever sign up for a streaming service.
0: That has been that has existed so far. I would say, hands down, this is yeah. the the most incentive we've ever seen behind joining one solitary streaming service that isn't some crazy premium yep thing. This is the twenty bucks a month you get HBO. This is one of the things you can bundle too, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> or is it not I with think the di- I think it's like fifteen dollars
1: a month or sixteen. I think you're right. I don't think it's all the way to twenty
0: here. And I have to pay that separate of my HBO bill. On Google Fiber, by the way. So I ended up canceling Google Fiber's HBO, and I just have it through Apple TV. Okay, yeah.
1: So um, really, it's it's something that we're going to be getting these massive tentpole franchises right right to the streaming service. And it's a nice feather in the cap for HBO Max. Now, on the flip side, while this is kind of exciting news for for the consumer, this is really weird and awkward for all the people that... (laughs) That produce these movies, and yeah. nobody nobody knows how the back end is going to work out here because you 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 take big big actors, whether they're super established ones or Leonardo DiCaprio or ones like Gal Gadot who does the first Wonder Woman and then signs an extended contract where she definitely is getting back end points. Well, now the back end is all fucked because these movies aren't actually going into theaters. So is so is 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 AT and T just like picking up a three hundred million dollar tab for each of these movies? And like, is how are they getting? How is are it, the actors getting their back end? The is stu- it
0: not- is it not reminiscent to you of the music industry and what has occurred from yeah. albums to yeah. streaming and yes, singles? and totally. It, so it's going to be curious. It, I don't feel like the movie industry has quite as much motivation as the music world That I, I still think people believe the world will go back to normal, that things will go back to as they were in 2019. Yeah. And, you know, there are enough of those people that I think the movie industry is hesitant to just shudder. Like to just fucking say, we're done in terms of movie theaters, and we're going to go do this streaming thing, and, and everybody's just going to have to watch these movies in their homes. Right. But it's certainly, this is the this is a big shift. This is a really, really big shift, and you spoke to how awkward it is for some of the actors, actresses, uh, producers, directors. A lot of people have had a lot of thoughts on this, and it's a very controversial move, Christopher Nolan being one of the people who spoke so out. That was the next thing here, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm, can I just read yeah, his please, quote? Yeah, please, please, yeah. He said, uh, I guess he was asked about HBO Max in particular and the uh, Warner Bros. decision that was made. And he said, oh, I mean disbelief, especially the way in which they did. There's such controversy around it because they didn't tell anyone. In 2021, they've got some of the top filmmakers in the world. They've got some of the biggest stars in the world who worked for years in some cases on these projects, very close to their hearts, that are meant to be big screen experiences as a freaking ad pops up in the middle of me reading this they're meant to be out there for the widest possible audiences and now they're being used as a loss leader for the streaming service for the fledgling streaming service without any consultation so there's a lot of controversy it's very 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 messy a real bait and switch yeah it's sort of not how you treat filmmakers and stars and people who these guys have given a lot for these projects they deserve to be consulted and spoken about what was going to happen to their work And then uh, he continued and said, some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio, Warner, and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, not happy. So,
1: and, and here's why Christopher Nolan is important to this entire conversation. Because in the year 2020, his movie... He, he went to bat for his movie and essentially said... Tenet. Tenet. And essentially said, my movie deserves to be experienced on the big screen. It is an experience that you need to have in an IMAX or a movie theater. Like, we're not going to streaming with it. We are going to the theaters with it. I'm going to put the movie industry on my back, and we're getting the shit back. And it didn't work. No, it did not. Now, to his credit, like, New York and L.A. never opened up. the The Very two true. biggest markets... Never had it basically, right, but uh, in the areas where you could go see a movie like you and I did, yes, With not enough movie. people went and did this right. we and did a so, movie club on patreon right, and th- th- this was this was the test, this was the experiment by the way the 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 pandemic is worse now than it was when we went to see Tenet in theaters, yes, so like i it, the next thing that releases in theaters I don't expect it to do any better than Tenet did. So domestic box office, it did 57 million. That's I'm right. And it would have done probably 90 on its opening weekend in a non-pandemic right. world. Which is what makes it obviously uh, so he, so problematic. His, it just didn't his, go the way he wanted. His resistance to letting Tenet go to streaming or pushing the release back a year or whatever it was. And basically kind of insisting on putting this out in theaters in the middle of the of, of the 2020 covid pandemic Mm -hmm. kind of the first domino he's not totally at fault for this but warner brothers saw what happened to tenet and was like nope we can't we got to do something with these movies we got to we have to turn this into a win somehow and they made this decision now like he said uh, the filmmakers and the actors woke up and suddenly are starring on a streaming service not really in theaters anymore and that which is a vanity thing and there are now many lawsuits yes it's a vanity as, as, thing about this as well. But
0: think about Hollywood; that's a lot of it, right? It's image, and and these people that's very important to them. It's always been a big joke, right? If you were a TV actor versus a movie actor, even, and and movie stars having to do TV, and it was sort of this. It's not really the case anymore because of streaming services and premium, and then just this golden age of television, where literally, yeah. there's a hundred good projects, literally great projects for you to star in as a leading person. Um, but man, this it's just like. First of all, I do want. This is odd. Two hundred five million dollar budget for tenant. so I said fifty seven million domestic. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a disaster from that standpoint. But internationally, they still did three hundred two million. So like they made money. Yeah, it just wasn't anywhere near what it would what, what they expected it would have been during a non pandemic, non freak year. Right, so it's that fear that they've that now they've seen the result. They've seen they're not going to get anywhere near. So what happens when you start putting out movies that aren't even Tenet, that aren't the most hyped Christopher Nolan film of the year? Yeah. Like if you're putting, then the normal shit is fucked if he can't pull in the numbers he was
1: before. So so the one that we'll see with, and the one that kind of preceded this like major 2020, 2021 announcement is that HBO and Warner Brothers had already decided to do this with Wonder Woman at the end of this year. Yeah. Wonder, Wonder Woman was announced uh, several weeks back that it was going to be releasing on HBO Max the same day that it releases in theaters on Christmas Day. Right. So we'll see if a if a big superhero movie is kind of able to bring people into the open theaters any better than Tenet was able to. Now,
0: it's just that here's the thing, man. Like for you, if it's a movie you want to see and it's available on your couch or the theater right now,
1: like you're not moving. So, okay, I'm not moving. So so here here's the thing with that. I, I don't know exactly when Let's just take the Let's take the Let's take the main thi- the main piece here. The okay. biggest one is Dune. Yes. Okay. I am not totally sure what the release date for Dune is at this point. I can't remember if it's the, if that got pushed to
0: spring, summer I'll or look. winter. It is Dune release date December 18th, 2020. Yeah, that's oh, that's so
1: obviously that... been pushed. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Let me
1: but when, assuming that it's not like January or February of this year when we kind of expect things to really be bad after all the Thanksgiving, Christmas gatherings and the cold weather and the just, you know, not everybody's able to get the vaccine yet, right? Like, so so this is, let's just say Dune is is kind of after those first few months of 2021. I need to see Dune in a theater. And that's that desire is not going away. October 1st, 2021 is the new date. Okay. So, like... I'm still going to go pay to see Dune in a theater in October of next year.
0: Okay, but, no, but there's it's Dune. no question about it. And it's had the th- it's had the trailer. We've seen we 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 know that's one that yes, your your experience is going to be massively enhanced by being in a movie theater. But you're right; there are other movies on here that I that I wouldn't that I probably
1: wouldn't have gone to a theater for anyway. Basically, if it's not an action movie, that I'll now get my eyes on. But even like the one with Denzel and Rami Malek, like I probably wasn't going to go see that. Nah, others. man, no. Nah. But. So that's, right, the, right that's the argument, on, on HBO? right there.
0: Like that's the argument. Like if it I'll, ends up, I'll with probably more, watch that. It's more eyeballs. Yeah, it, it is more isn't eyeballs. Isn't the goal to get as many people as possible to see the thing? Then you kind of can figure out from there wh- how do we f- get the profit that, like, because that's what they've done with the music industry. It turned into streaming, and it was suddenly like since on the dollar, you right. know, coming to these artists yep. the way they saw it. But now the streaming stuff has started to catch up. Artists have demanded fought for larger shares of their profits like it depends on which label you're with and there are a lot of circumstances here but streaming has proven to become it is they're getting money out of that. So the right and I think the question will be
1: right because with the music industry where like the the revenue now for artists isn't touring Right. Like, well, that, I mean, th- where they make all their money is now, always is, lot, was, is though.
0: Sure, it was, It's just the top dogs we think about that. Like, yes, they are making millions and millions and millions of dollars off album sales back in the day, and yep. then suddenly it was like, whoa, what?
1: But the re- yeah. But the reason Taylor Swift makes ninety or hundred million dollars in a year is from her concerts and tours and yes, merchandise, which now. And so what is what is that for the actors in the studios that are now n- that now stand to maybe not make. 500 million dollars
0: in theaters. I mean, that's the exact same thing we're looking at with the music industry now because none of these guys can tour. So I've seen rappers like Young Thug uh like Out Little Baby was the most recent one I saw speaking to his losses on the year from not being able to tour and he was charging and this was his alleged mm-hmm. fee. It's never what they say it is, but he said 400k a show, okay? And he was talking about, like, during a normal year, he'd be able to do two shows a weekend. Yeah. And that now he did one show this year. One. (laughs) If you do the math, it is an insane revenue loss for these artists. So the music industry is screwed in the same way. Right. People aren't going now, or for the foreseeable future, meaning probably not in 2021, to be out in mass in public and feeling comfortable with that right and 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 not having to social distance that's not going to be a thing soon so it's like in the meantime look the first couple months we were like it's the waiting game we'll all figure it out nah it's over bro we're (laughs) a fucking year into this thing almost and it's like it's clearly going to be an issue for the foreseeable future these industries have to react they've got to try new stuff yes there are going to be ruffled feathers yes people are going to lose their fucking shit in hollywood over this this is going to be bad but if they can show some results then and that's where i don't know i do not know are they expecting like tens of thousands of people to flock to hbo max yes right? yes that's it, what that, they're that, shooting that, that is what yes and yes. Th- then they'll somehow be able to offset what would have been theater money with this streaming right subscription and they, money and probably having to build out they, the way they pay right. out and over years like christopher nolan says
1: he, he kind of nailed it with like this is loss leader there will be these movies for 2021 will be loss leaders that are that are long ter- that that are meant to at this point now uh, build to a long term goal. Right now they are using these things. Well, we have these. We have this content. We have to use it. What's our best strategy? Let's put it on the streaming service and drive as much traffic and dollars and subscriptions as we can to the streaming service and then hope that they can keep you there, right? Right. And f- they're going to do that for, the, for all of 2021 20 because the way that they're doing these movies is that they're releasing like one a month. So you're going you're gonna to get through Dune, but then you're going to keep it for Matrix 4 and then you're going to keep it for, for your kids so they can watch Tom and Jerry. And then you're going to keep it for, you know, like it's just on and on and on and so, on.
0: So then, and then think of it this way, on top of that, on this argument for them, for the executives, this is what they're thinking. If that works, even to a degree and then the vaccine hits right yes, and in a year exactly. we're all gravy then you get the mix then right, it's yeah. people have the streaming service and they're back in theaters and suddenly revenue is up and, and I, then it's and that's a really interesting possibility right and i do b- based on the numbers
1: that get tossed around that does feel like what like what's happening because the numbers for some of these uh, b- some of the examples are 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 fleeing my mind right now but like netflix oh oh i want to say I wanna say that Netflix offered to buy out Bond for like three hundred million dollars, the new Bond film.
0: So there and and, and a billion. <laughs> I'm not joking. A one billion dollar bond offering. Oh, this is <laughs> this isn't about James Bond. It's about a bond. Like in <laughs> like a ba- like a bailout, like a bond bailout. At fund acquisitions, production and operations. Uh yeah, excuse me. Let me put James in so, front so of that I, word.
1: I can't remember exactly exactly what six hundred million. Six hundred million.
0: Okay. And it was uh MGM reportedly asked Netflix and Apple for six hundred million okay. to bring so, James y- Bond to them. There you go. Straight there to y- streaming.
1: Yeah. So so I really you not know, for it there. I don't know what like the numbers are for that HBO Max is essentially bucking up for each one of these films. Mm-hmm. But you but we we even hear stuff about about like Hulu, like buying Palm Springs for you know, 20, 25, 30 million dollars. And that's just a tiny little thing that didn't cost anything to make. So it's like they they are definitely still these films 17. Can, 5 million, These yeah. films can still be very, very, very profitable. And if they can sustain that and, and these these big dogs, the streaming services are buying them up at these massive prices just to build out the library. Yeah. Then maybe there's not so much lost. And then by the time 2020 back, back, back end of 2021, 22 rolls around. Everybody's more comfortable. Now we get a little bit of both. We're back in theaters. They can get the box office numbers. And we get a little bit of this cool streaming stuff too. It could really work out in the end.
0: And, I also think the offset argument... Go ahead. I'll, I'll uh, well,
1: that. I was just... The, so I was listening to a conversation and reading a little bit more about this. And and, and obviously, like I, I'm sensitive to all this because thinking about... The, the idea of like losing the movie theater experience is yeah, it
0: sucks. It's terrifying you and me, to me. Hold very close, yeah. and
1: and I and so it's it's scary to even like have the prospect of like oh this will never exist again. But the the I, the more I read and the more I listened and the more I thought about it, going to movies for the vast majority of people already is like a few times a year a treat type of thing. Yes, like most people watch stuff on at home already.
0: That's where that's where you and I are the outliers in terms so, of like we are movie theater people. Well, well and even, we don't realize that I mean, most until, people aren't
1: until we were doing like a once a month movie club where we usually went to see a movie. Yeah, even I was probably seeing four or five movies in theaters a year. Maybe maybe it was six, but it definitely wasn't consistently one every single month.
0: I was probably like you know between six and ten depending on the year. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean a, a really good movie year might bring me to theaters once a month. I mean that would be like the best movie year I've had in my life. Yeah,
1: and so and so I, I think that at the end of the day, what we're moving towards here is just like the like, just the the broader common knowledge and and to go along with that, fewer theaters, but more theaters like Draft House, yeah. that that really deliver. A full experience. night out experience. This is a treat type thing. Yeah, because who and the less, fuck is
0: still going to like AMC? Right, and 30? less of like
1: AM, less of like the big AMC's and Cinemas. So done and in my brain. The stuff like that I, yeah. I waved bye bye years ago. Exactly. Right, and so and and the stuff that is pricier, and you know, I pick. Which has yeah, like like that. couches and blankets and shit. And that's fucking that stuff them, was probably. already essentially set up for social distancing, right? Because the chairs are huge and sure you're spread out and like very few so seats re- in the theater so really comparatively. That model is is more what we're going for. And like, does that mean that movie ticket prices increase in twenty one, twenty two? Probably they'll probably go up again. Sure, It'll probably be twenty bucks a pop to see a movie. I would guess. And that's just something that we'll just have to factor in, and I think that we'll get used to pretty quickly. Knowing that, like our theater going movies, what we go to the theater for, this is a big deal. It's a night out. It's an expense. It's a treat. And hopefully, the hopefully on the flip side of that, we do get more stuff. the 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 small the would I'd, I'd love for the smaller budget middle films to still be getting made, right? If they can figure out how to bring those more often to streaming, right? Where we all get to watch them at home sooner basically
0: rather than later there there are a few things here that i think are super important that you and i have also touched on in the past one is that technology started to open this door a long time ago televisions have become more affordable home theater equipment speakers fucking sound bars all this crazy shit people have the means and the desire to create movie theater viewing experiences in their home now it's not like it's not the same and you and i when we think of movie theater viewing experience it's because it's a fucking enormous room No one has a room that size. No one has a screen that size, except for Drake or whoever. (laughs) And it's the experience like that. But in terms of losing things visually, like if you watch this at home versus in the theaters, you're not going to see nearly as much. Like that is not true anymore. Really, I I, do like I. You can get a good theater experience out of your living room if you want to. In 2020, you can. It is affordable. Way more than it was ten years ago, bitch. Sure. Ten years ago, it was if you wanted to make your house like sick with a TV and a home theater, like thousands, the, thousands and thousands and thousands yep. of dollars. You know, you could spend ten grand really freaking easily. If you spent ten grand right now, you would be. you would have the most <laughs> disturbingly badass room. I would move in with you. Yeah. So like that is just it's a piece of the puzzle to me. People are. Much more likely to stay and watch at home if they have a viewing experience that is pleasurable, which before you could only get in a theater. Everybody had these shitty ass TVs with no HD and yada yada. That's not the case anymore. And all the prices have gone down like crazy on top of that. One of the things that these celebrities have to consider is like the days of that move, like that Hollywood, that thing that like um, once upon a time in Hollywood captured the golden age of Hollywood. It's fucking over. Yeah. All right. It's gone. It's done. They all need to let it go. These old directors like Christopher Nolan, look, man, I get it. Used to be this prestigious thing in America, but it's fucking over, bro. We so, don't care anymore. He- here's something
1: that I didn't realize until this conversation all started happening over yeah. this last couple weeks. You know how people think about like the 70s? at it- as like the golden age of of filmmaking. Sure. That's that's what everybody refers to when they think about like, oh, this is gonna be like a, a 70s noir crime you know, it's 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 all the Italian stuff. It's like the Fellini and then the early Scorsese and like all those all that shit that we consider just the most hallowed ground of Hollywood movie making. You know, they weren't they weren't even releasing box office numbers in those years. <laughs> box office like that metric as like success for a movie. Did not start happening until the 80s and, and didn't the really start picking up and like being like broadcast and like the thing that you went by until the 90s. Yeah. So that it's just, yeah, like it's. And then it, Barrett, it's a, Barrett it's, and that's it's 30 di- fucking
0: years ago. <laughs> and they're still clinging to that idea. That's the thing for me. It's like, you know where the money is, Barrett? It's influencers. So so you're losing box office money. If you're one of these A-listers, it's like, meh like dude just go make an extra 10 million dollars on instagram like what's your fucking problem like <laughs> the, you're just behind and that's where i'm seeing a lot of these people turn look at all the a-listers using at first Do- doing instagram, advertisements right now it's insane the fr- the did we first, talk about this on the podcast uh, no we have not no okay. we have not and we can get to that too but the first thing i noticed was like a slow trickle a-listers didn't screw with instagram really man like jay-z's still not on there you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was just a weird thing. They were like, we don't need that. We don't screw with that. It's a young man's game, yada, yada. Well, More and more old people have gotten on it. And by old, I mean above 20 years old. Let me just put it that way. Uh, so I'm old. Everybody's on the social medias now, Barrett. McConaughey is cranking out 15 whiskey ads a day and a Lincoln <laughs> ad on that fucking thing. If you're not on there getting your bang for your buck on there, that's where you're missing the ball. It's no longer can you just rely on the movie sure. theater income in the old school Hollywood ways. That's not, the, that's not the game anymore. So, like, in this argument, if you're exposed to far more eyeballs as an actor via streaming, which you most certainly are, way the hell more people are going to watch you on streaming over the course of years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and years than they would have in the movie theaters, then technically you could theoretically make the same amount or more money. Yeah. As an actor, actress, or celebrity. Now, the side of this that gets weird is the producers, the directors, because they don't have that world. So it's right. a totally different game for them. And I know why they're resistant to it. Because they're, they they become less and less important mm-hmm. as this moves towards streaming. And it's just this the power struggle, that shift, the Harvey Weinstein stuff that sort of kicked it off even. You could tie in a little. It's like that idea of it being like 20 white dudes in Hollywood who just fucking run everything. And it's all about getting People into seats in theaters. Like, that that isn't it anymore. It's just not the game. So, yeah, it's fascinating to me that this is the first. Like, I saw the news and I was like, oh, shit. Then I saw the developments after the fact and I was like, well, this is the biggest story in entertainment this year. Yeah. It really, really is. Um, The other last point I wanted to make is you brought up. The price of theater entrance and what it may be next year. And we'd already seen, you know, you remember when we were kids and it started to climb Barrett and people started saying shit like, When I was a young boy, it was a nickel to go to the theater and they'd give you a hot dog. <laughs> like, like, it was just, if it gets to 20 bucks, 25 bucks for a ticket, and we're not talking about eating, we're not talking about food, the full experience of an Alamo Draft House type of thing. The problem as I see it is that I immediately go, how much do I pay for Netflix a month? what 15 20 bucks now i think it's 20 bucks now you're telling me i'm paying the same fucking amount to go watch one movie and netflix gives me access to like thirty thousand movies that's the weird place where the math gets confusing for me where i don't see everyday average americans being like i'll pay 30 bucks to go see a movie well if hbo max is 20 bucks and you get all these other ones it's like fuck the movies.
1: and and again that's why and and this is something that was again something that was happening pre-pandemic already that we've discussed Mm -hmm. but like the 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 whole narrative that the only movies getting made at this point are Marvel movies, right? That that type of thing, right? So it it's at that point what you what you will be okay that that will just become you know the, even more separated essentially in the fact that like the only movies essentially that movie theaters even carry down the line might be movies that are like Marvel Cinematic Universe or Dune or Matrix Four or yeah, whatever. Because to your because point. Because those are the ones that you will go spend twenty-five dollars yes. a ticket on.
0: That's the funny thing. So to your every, point that now, shift was already so happening. Man.
1: Everything else, you have to hope that instead of not getting made anymore, it gets put on streaming
0: services. I mean and I think you could even argue for like uh indie films. Because you're right. This not, is a win. This is I'm, a good thing. I'm not going to go evens spend... The field. I'm not
1: going to go spend twenty-five dollars to see Parasite in a movie theater This evens right? the playing field though No exactly But I
0: think that's Eyeballs wise Audience wise I think this evens the playing field Because The the complaint that you and I Had started to lay, lay out Was that Every movie has to be A Marvel movie Avengers Whatever because that, those are the only things getting people to a theater anymore. Do you know why? Well, because we all have streaming services. Regular-ass movies that we think, I don't really need to see this on a fucking movie theater screen. You're watching that shit at yeah, home. You wait, you wait till that comes out. Or you wait till it comes out on streaming in a few freaking months. It's yeah. not that long. That's just getting worse, multiplied exponentially by the pandemic. All that wave, that huge wave that had already begun to build, yeah, it's crashed into the shore, and now we're seeing what's happening as a result. It's just, it's wild, Basically, that this conversation started around this exact same topic, pre-pandemic, with a couple different things that have now come way more into play as a result, and we're seeing it unfold. It's going to be a complete change and shift in Hollywood in the way that that functions. Now,
1: here's where, here's where no other shoe has dropped yet. Nobody has followed suit with Warner Brothers. Right. That's what we're. That's what everybody is kind of on pins and needles now.
0: Like, is every for. other theater like, right? Because who well, else is going to have the balls? Basically,
1: yeah. Is anybody else going to do this? Will Marvel decide that like Black Widow is going straight to Disney Plus and it's not thirty extra dollars? Will you know? Will Universal find a place for like Fast and Furious Seventeen or whatever on one on on uh, on Peacock? Right. right? Like, that's what we're. Everybody's kind of waiting for bated breath to see if
0: anybody else jumps off this jumps off this clip, this I hope clip. they do <laughs> <laughs> i know i know like it's you and i are especially in a strange place because i root for these people like i love hollywood i love pop culture i love the celebrity aspect of america i i i have, i'm a fan of a lot of these people and this going to change up their whole shit like their whole shit so, and i just mean that from an annoyance perspective they're obviously good with money <laughs>
1: Yeah, um so do you fo- do you follow on Instagram? Let's see. I don't think you do. It's called Doumois. I don't think so. Dumois. Dumois. So this is spelled D E U X M O I. If you're really into the pop culture stuff and really into like celebrity gossip and you love a good blind item, then this is an absolute must follow on Instagram. D E M D E U X M O I. Dumois. So thank you. It, it, they just post on stories and and on. I do follow them. Okay, yeah. So it's 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 celebrity gossip. Lots me. lots of which is blind, which means they don't give you a name. They just say, "Here's like a tip about a list celebrity that, you know, likes a finger in the bum or something like that." You know, it's 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 salacious and then sometimes not salacious. A sausage in the banger, <laughs> a banger in the mouth. But one of their one of their stories recently has been about how we're slowly starting to see more and more A-listers in commercials, basically. And this was, you know, we, we, we think about guys that have really been traditional with their, with their celebrity, like Leo. And, and it's the Zoolander joke, right? Like they're doing diet Coke commercials in Japan. They're doing, you know, cologne commercials in Turkey. Right. But they don't do shit here.
0: Right. And now that's with the brand.
1: Exactly. But now it's like, I cannot count how many times Brie Larson has been on my TV screen in like a Nissan ad and then like a Nintendo Wii ad and then I got Anna Kendrick in like the Doritos ad and then I got like so so just like you said, they are already starting to break that barrier as well as like they're as the work has slowed down from the pandemic,
0: they're gotta find revenue. They're
1: picking up these commercials and and so you know, I I don't love the idea of like every actor now being Being on my Instagram feed like something. Yeah.
0: That's annoying but, for sure. But
1: having them be in, like, a car commercial, is. To, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. McConaughey and Lincoln. Yeah, that's fine. Brie Larson and Nintendo, I'm good with it. Anna Kendrick and Doritos, sure. you know, secure the bag. But, like, I really don't want to see, like, you know.
0: Daniel Day-Lewis in a
1: <laughs> Depends commercial. I don't really want to be scrolling my feed and have, like, George Clooney pop up and sell you insurance try to sell me tummy tea or something like yeah. that and i like I don't think it's I'm, I'm making I know, a big distinction where, there but but
0: that's where the, it's gonna shift right that's where we're gonna see our shift it's the it's like the silly it's like ego driven like they're gonna have to swallow their pride a lot of these people and it's not gonna be what it was and, and I find it funny that it's like an even it's a swallowing of pride cause literally like bro it's just it's just a different medium like you do, do the same job you're just on the camera take it easy
1: yeah, but it's it's le- it's le- it's less – my my resistance to that is, you know, I don't want people that I see in movies and TV shows to, like, be oversaturated. But at the same time, it also is very much, like, social dilemma-type shit. Yeah. Like, I don't need everything to be an ad and, yeah. and in an algorithm and, like, infiltrating my brain and, like, causing me to make decisions that I'm not purposely make. Like, the whole thing. It's yeah. just, like, I, I don't I, – if the end result of the movie and the pandemic and the theater issue is that, like, I get m- even more people selling me shit on my feed, like, that's a that's a net negative no matter how many good movies I get on streaming services now.
0: Yes, frankly, I'd prefer that the shitty Jackson ad that pops up to try to sell me a chain <laughs> yeah. is the douchebag random asshole who <laughs> yes, started the company yes. and yeah, not, that does not George be, Clooney. Right, or right. Leo or whoever, like I, I would prefer if those gentlemen continued to focus on their philanthropic work internationally and left the Instagram models to do their thing. Exactly. But there's going to be a shift, and okay. it's going to be weird to watch. Yeah. Um, that's all I have to say about this whole yeah, Warner yeah. Brothers situation. We should have named this segment the Warner Brothers situation instead of tidbits and such. Well, that's why I said it's a big bit. It is a huge bit. We we <laughs> we just bit off more than we could chew of this bit. Um, Barrett, we can save the rest of this stuff There's no timetable Nothing that I watched that I wanted to talk about is new mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ex- I guess the Epstein doc is sort of new But not really, everybody yep, watched that yep. months ago Um, So the things I want to discuss next week That I've watched, if anybody feels like watching them, And I will give thoughts on them next week Hillbilly Elegy, I went and watched It's on Netflix, it's been controversial
1: What is that again?
0: It is uh, starring Amy Adams And uh, let me pull up, it's actually a, a, Quite the cast list So I don't want to shit on anybody. Glenn Close plays Amy Adams' mother. It's directed by Ron Howard. Um, I think that's about it in terms of people that I recognize off the top. But it's a very good cast. Very well acted. It has been controversial in the way that it's been received for portraying uh, middle and lower class America. Billbillies? Yes. Which I find to be very funny and have a lot of takes on that I will share next week. Watch that movie, and then you'll have to uh, be part of the discussion next week with us. I also went back and watched Michael Clayton, one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. So I have some thoughts on that. I started a show that many people over the years have told me, Ross, you need to watch this. It's right up your alley. And I just, for some reason, it, it was one of those ones that like, the marketing never hit for me, for some reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of like Deadwood. It's Broad City. And I would have said, it's it's been, it's been well,
1: pitched to me as like female workaholics. You're like right, but you always tell me like in the cards and stuff. You're like, I don't think women are funny. And yeah, so that that you know. <laughs> I, I always tell Beard,
0: I don't mess with female comedians. Uh, Liz Lemon was stupid. Uh, I, I, I yeah no. Broad City though, I had never watched this show. I, I, I'm familiar with a lot of Glazer. I didn't know Abby Jacobson, her co-star. And I didn't know Alana Glazer was from Broad City. Okay, I'm an I'm just an ignorant slut. This show, now I will preface it by saying it is most certainly stoner comedy, is hysterical. I have cried laughing multiple times, and I've only watched three or four episodes. Yeah, actually, I'm about six or seven in now. Uh, have you ever watched any Broad City? Yeah,
1: I've probably seen six episodes total. Um, for, for I, I think. Comedy Central has historically been a very weird one to catch up on episodes. Yeah, they. I, suck I believe them. now through. Well, I know South Park is on HBO Max, but True. But a lot of these shows have found homes on various streaming services. Broad City is available. Where are you watching? I think it's Hulu. Okay,
0: but let me let me double check.
1: It, it's it's one of them. It's it's available somewhere. So it's. It was one that I never like got caught up on because it wasn't easy to to find uh, on on one of these platforms. It may be HBO
0: Max too, man. But
1: but I think it is now. And I, every time I've watched it, I'm right there with you. It's it is hilarious. It's, it's on really, Hulu. Really, really funny
0: through HBO Max. Okay, um, but yeah, like I don't really have much else to say about that one. Broad City is very, very funny. It's a show that I'm very glad that I've gotten into now, and I've been enjoying to wind down at the end of the day. Um, fucking hysterical And then I wind down with Broad City After I watched the Jeffrey Epstein documentary <laughs> Which I really don't have any Further thoughts on other than to say that Holy shit I'm glad that guy's dead Wow it certainly seems Suspicious how that went down And I didn't realize the scope to which He was abusing women um, The scope of which he was like the amount I, and, and obviously I was Very aware that he was a monster after everything Unfolded the way that it did I didn't know the extent to what Kind of. Oh, my God. This that was that was one of the more unnerving documentaries I've watched from the perspective of we never really get to hear from him, obviously. So like most docs, you get to see more of the villain if if you if you want to frame it up that way. Sure, sure. And to never really get much out of him or uh, his female accomplice who's now in prison to be tried, whatever her name is, it doesn't matter, fucker. Oh my god. It just gave me the, the creeps, man. It really, really creeped me out to see how far removed from reality to the extent that they think they can literally do anything. And it's almost like a drive. Like, it was almost like this guy was like, I'm pretty sure I can get away with anything. Let's see how far I can push it. Mm-hmm. And that that was almost his reason for being the way he was. And... It was just horrifying. That was, it was horrifying. But it's one of those things where I felt like I really needed to watch it to have an understanding of it his, for the historical context, frankly. And then also because— That was the Netflix one? Yes. And it's, it's just—it's uh, something that, like, for me, especially when they're recent, when they're modern, when they're current stories, I want to know the kind of monsters that are out there, man. You know what I'm saying? I live in this fucking planet. I got to roam around this world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to know what kind of freaks are wandering around amongst me. <laughs> so in this case, that was my motivation for watching the Epstein doc. And I walked away just like, yeah, I probably could have gone without that one. <laughs> I mean, I probably could have. I don't know that I needed that. It was <laughs> it was just, it was disgusting, mostly. And on that positive note, we'll end today's show. <laughs> But seriously, Um, next week, I do want to talk about all the things I was watching. Barrett, what what have you been watching that you want to maybe touch on next uh, week if anybody wants to
1: get in there? You know, I'm a great British Bake Off fan. I do. And they have released on Netflix their holiday special, which was actually broadcast and filmed in January of 2020. So pre-pandemic. And it was like a little New Year thing for the the Brits. Okay. Um, And... This year, it's kind of a, a a celebrity version, and they have the cast of Dairy Girls on to do their little holiday bake off. Okay, now Dairy Girls is a show that has come up in mentions uh, for us on Twitter. D e r r y girls, D e r r y girls. Um, it is uh, about a group of Irish girls that are in uh, that go to Catholic school, and it's that's so it's it's coming of age high school. Type
0: is, is this the one where they thought the kids were too sexy or something? Based shit? in... No, not that one?
1: Definitely not. Okay, cool. Don't think so anyway. I remember, I remember there re- was like the French Netflix show or movie that everybody oh, freaked oh, out yeah, about. Oh, yeah. No, that was about like 11 year olds doing twerking or something. I, okay. Yeah, I didn't really was, look into it anymore. I'm pretty sure either. it was called uh, La L- 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 Cousin's Dan- Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Did
0: you just say 11 year olds twerking or something? <laughs> Fucking... Okay. Oh, continue, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So...
1: I felt the need to, I, I really want to watch this. I love my bake-off. I love my holiday special, bake-off. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know who these girls were. Sure. So this finally got me to be like, okay, let's queue up Dairy Girls. Let's watch an episode. So I've No watched, shit. So I've watched one episode of Dairy Girls so far. Okay. Um, I'm not sure it's my, like, now it's one episode. It's
0: also a British sitcom. It, it, I'm not. It just makes it tough for Americans.
1: Irish. Oh, what? I mean, they're, that's British, but it, they're definitely in Ireland. So
0: It's set in Derry, Northern Ireland, but it does say British sitcom. Maybe Wikipedia is. Look, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get into the whole IRA, <laughs> Ireland, England thing. Well, there's, I don't know what the ri- fuck's ri- going on. Well, right? right
1: right in episode one, there's definitely some IRA stuff going on here. Okay, there, well, that's, that's part of what they deal with. So it's interesting. Um, It was funny. I enjoyed it. I wasn't like blown away. Like it it didn't like, it didn't grab me the way that something like Sex Education did Uh or, or some other British comedies have, but I'll probably keep watching. It's short. Like that's one of the great things about those British sitcoms as it were, is that like, there's two seasons of this, and they're each six episodes, and each episode's like 22
0: minutes. So, so it's very like twelve episodes. Yeah, it's
1: very quick to get through.
0: Third season um, was supposed to be uh, this this year, but was postponed. Due so to I up. started
1: Dairy Girls, and and we'll probably run through that since it's only 12 short episodes, and and now I'll know who these ladies are, these these girls are on the Bake Off special. Right on. Um. So I've got that going. I finally, finally, finally started in on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season three. I'm about halfway through that season. Oh, I need
0: to get back in there
1: and. Uh, I've I've, very two thumbs up so far on the first four episodes it's very it's season two was a little hit or miss season three has found so it basically just a, a quick note here what what season three has me thinking about is just like how much we loved season one and how much critical acclaim it got and it's just it's always difficult when you are a show that makes a giant impact because you're showing us something that we've never really seen before. Right. So like having this ni- this late 1950s Jewish housewife like find herself in the middle of a divorce and suddenly turn to stand-up com- comedy, which no other females are doing and like navigate the world and like what sh- what's expected of her from society and like have this ex-husband who she's still kind of in love with and then like pursue this career in stand-up comedy in the 1950s and 60s is like, you know, this is just a great story cuz it's not one that's been told before. So we are
0: very we're, original. We're
1: in love with the writing, the acting and on top, cherry on top is like the novelty of how fun the story is. Well, that's gone. Once you continue down the, li- sure. the line, now you're just a TV show. You got to find other ways to be fresh. Yeah. That ha- that that has that first season to live up to. And that's really difficult.
0: Yeah. It's like the sophomore slump thing.
1: Yeah. And so season two, which I still really enjoyed was definitely not as good. And now in season three, I feel like they have found. It's they're not trying as hard to like live up to that. To, to first to, season,
0: yes, exactly. Yeah, you can always kind of feel that when it's like they're trying to capture that same lightning in the bottle, and it's like, and then finally they're like, you know what, we we got other shit. And 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 part of this is that they
1: shortened this season; it's only eight episodes instead of ten. And as of as a oh, viewer that. I, well, as a viewer of a show that I love, I'm like, oh man, like two fewer episodes. But at the same time, Everyone would bear it. But at the same time, I'm like, no, this is probably a good thing. If they had a story and they were like, this is an eight-episode story, I'm happy that they're not stretching this out. Right. Like, be concise, be good, make every single scene count, make it all something that's like, that's great. Yeah, don't feel beholden. Don't to feel the whole. Beholden- right. Exactly. And so, I, I, I eight is
0: still good. That's a good and number. Still
1: good. So I, it's, it's 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 positive. Uh, it's very funny. It, it's just I feel like they found a nice spot where they're not trying. Desperately to live up to that to that crazy critical claim that they got in the first season and they're just they're going with a good story and good characters and that's all they need to do good good Um, for them happy for Mr. so so I'm so I'm watching that and uh, I think that's it I think those are my those are my two things Uh, I'm obviously keeping up with the Mandalorian another giant episode I started this this past week Um, you're out man five now i
0: believe okay i can catch up quick fast
1: and this most recent couple weeks i i told you last week about like kind of a big character introduction yeah this week even bigger character
0: introduction no shit yeah so all right yes i'm in for a good ride i think i only watched the first one and it was it was dope it was i was happy to be back in mandalorian town oh yeah great great place to live you and i talk about it man it's like a little western every 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 episode is just a little western you go on a little adventure have some fun you know nobody's gonna fucking die so you're getting, well, nobody that's named Mando or, uh, what's his, Grogu. Grogu, 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 which still can't believe they chose that in terms of cuter than ever, man. They're really, this season,
1: they're really leaning into the fact that like Grogu is a puppy. Okay. E- every, now that I have a puppy, I'm like, oh, they're just, they're just a puppy. He's a puppy, puppy character. He's a puppy
0: character. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch more of the Mandalorian now. <laughs> Uh, that will do it for today's episode of OCC, produced by uh, Grant Davis and Mike Moody-Garcia of Permanent Record Studios in Austin, Texas. Huge thanks to our sponsor today, Lisa. Go to lisa.com slash dragon now. Get yourself the best bed known to man or woman or, or grogu.
1: Haven't heard much talk about uh, old His Dark Material season two.
0: I've seen a little bit of hype here and there. Yeah. I've seen the respect for it. People are like, you really came back and get it So we I'm out, dude. No. People are saying now. like stuff like they're like, oh man, you just wouldn't
1: believe like how good lin Manuel is at playing this like this this you know hard brawling Texas aeronaut. He's just so good at it. He was this was the role he was born to play.
0: It really is, it doesn't matter what they do with all the other characters <laughs> and how good the show becomes. I can't go back just because of him. I just can't stand the man. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Um if you already have Elisa and you want to support the show in exchange for more OCC and the Supreme. Sopranos Experience with us. We, as I said, are doing a companion podcast for every single episode of The Sopranos. We've done Season 1, Episode 1. It's out now on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Episode 2 coming tomorrow, Thursday, December 10th on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Patreon is simply a platform that allows Barrett and I to bring you content circumventing the advertising industry in exchange for your direct support. We decided that this is the project we wanted to uh, undertake on Patreon, the thing that we thought would uh, get the most of you on board for some extra OCC ad-free. It's been phenomenal so far. We appreciate each and every one of you who's joined the Crustacean Nation or the Mollusk Militia to watch The Sopranos with us. Uh, first episode was a lot of fun. It's only going to get more fun from here. And episode two drops Thursday, December 10th. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash Cockles today and pick your tier that you want. And uh, they're all updated there for you to sign up for now. Go. Go right now. What are you doing? Why are you even listening anymore? You should be hitting stop on your phone. You should be going to patreon.com slash Cockles and signing up to enjoy The Sopranos with Barrett and I for the rest of 2020 and all of 2021. Do it. Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. We're also on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You can follow me, Ross Bolin, on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at WR Bolin on all three platforms at W-R-B-O-L-E-N. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I'm also live on Twitch a few times a week playing video games with my co-host of the Ross Bolin podcast, Chris Colson, on Twitch.tv slash BossRolin. That's Ross Bolin with the B and the R reverse. Twitch.tv slash Roland. To watch me play video games with children. And uh, listen to the Ross Boland Podcast. Wherever you listen to OCC, we focus on mental health with uh, comedy, current events, sports, music, and more. Every single week, Monday and Wednesday, on the Ross Boland Podcast. Wherever you listen to oysters, clams, and cockles. Mr. Dudley, where can we follow you on the social medias? Check me out. At Barrett
1: Dudley. Um, last week... I posted up when I was starting in on the Sopranos. I posted a little mm. a little vid yeah. um, just to, to, the to get the people going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh there were some comments about my my setup or lack thereof. Really? Yes. Because people, people s- judge people you. said that's an entry table, not a media stand. Dicks. And I had, you know, I had my forty two inch TV. Well now. Now, the new TV that I announced last week, it was probably the biggest thing that happened on this podcast in 2020. It was. Uh, people are saying that. Um, now, there is a new media console so that this TV may fit ah. uh, upon it. Oh. And as I start episode two this evening, I will i will post. You will stunt the, on all of us. The new setup. Wow. And I will shut the haters up. Wow. I will, sh- I will shut them up.
0: The haters better be there on Instagram at Barrett Dudley tonight. <laughs> at B-A-R-R-E-T-T Dudley tonight on Instagram to see Barrett's new television and entertainment y- yes, content set can up. Yes, you and you can eat crow. How about that? Eat that crow, haters. <laughs> eat it! We'll be back next week with a discussion of all those things we told y'all earlier, plus anything else we watch in the meantime. Very excited to hear from all of you on social media. Holler at Barrett and I anytime, anywhere. Also at all those Oysters, Clams, and Cockles accounts we shared with you. Until our next helping. Adios muchachos.